The following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Sports Channel. For more information about our network and to check out additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericasports.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed in the following program are strictly those of the hosts or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. The horses are at the gate. Welcome to Winning Ponies. With a weekend coming up, this is the spot to be for news, handicapping, and spotlights featuring the winners behind horse racing today. Now, here's your host, John Engelhart, racing's regular guy. And welcome to WinningPonies.com. What a full week of racing. Uh, it was last weekend, and it is going to be this weekend. As you know, this is pretty much the last weekend that someone can uh, gear up to try to get to the Breeders' Cup and we're going to see quite a few uh, classic horses uh, running a- across the country, but uh, many of the eyes will be put on beautiful Keeneland, who is celebrating their 75th anniversary. And uh, so I figured we kind of uh, zone in on, on Keeneland Racecourse. Uh, it's, uh, it's another one of those places, if you haven't been there, you need to put it on your bucket list for sure. Uh, a lot of history, and uh, with us is going to be Julie Baylog, the director of communications there. Uh, she's been there since 1999. They, uh, her and her team of Amy Gregory and Amy Owens put out just a sensational amount of information about Keeneland. Uh, this is Fall Stars Weekend. Uh, the fields are taking shape. Uh, it's going to have nine graded stakes when, uh, run. Five of them are grade one, with six of those races being win and your end test for the 28th Breeders' Cup World Championship. Of course, that will be held November 4th and 5th at Churchill Downs. Uh, two graded stakes are slated for tomorrow, opening day, uh, headlined by the $400,000 uh, Darley Alcibiades. Uh, those are two-year-old fillies. They'll be going a mile on the 16th. And also tomorrow, uh, Keeneland will have the Stole Kenyan Ogden Phoenix Stakes, I believe the oldest stakes race in America. That's at six furlongs on on the main track, which of course is poly track there. And again, that is a win in your in. Uh, then uh, three uh, grade ones will top off Saturday, uh, the Shadwell Turf Mile, the uh, First Lady, and the Dixiana Breeders Futurity. Uh, with us uh, tonight, on winningponies.com will be handicapper extraordinaire Dan Kenny, and uh, he's going to help us break down those races and just kind of give an overview of uh, how to approach uh, handicapping at River Downs. Well, uh, let's start with some good news, and uh, if, uh, if you own horses in New York, you're feeling pretty good right now because the release came out that purses are to increase approximately $8.6 million, or 36%. Uh, for 2012 at the Aqueduct Winter Spring Meet. Uh, it's brought to you by Genting's Resorts World New Casino at Aqueduct. Uh, they're just uh, amazing what's going to happen, but uh, they get 6.5% of the revenue from the video lottery terminals uh, will be going into Naira's purse structure. So I'm sure horsemen at all levels are, are love reading that. Also, uh, a tip of the cap. To trainer Mark Cassie. Uh, he broke the Woodbine record for most training wins in a year. 
when he sent out to uh, capture a maiden stake with Masked Maiden on Saturday's 10th race. That gave him his 90th win at the meet. The late Frank Passero Jr. had set the previous record. That was back in 1995. Well, uh, some news came out of New York uh, that was a little, little gut-wrenching. Uh, Secretariat's son, Decord, died. Uh, he was a grade two winner, not many secretariats left around. Uh, he developed into a pretty successful New York stallion, and uh, he lived out his years at Aikendale Farm. Uh, he was a member of Secretariat's fifth crop of foals. I remember him running in the Breeders' Futurity at Keeneland, and I thought I had seen the future of racing. He had already broken his maiden by 15 lengths. Uh, he won the Breeders' Futurity by 7.5. Sad to say he was bothered by a virus uh, during the following year and never really, I think, got to develop to his potential. He was a grand-looking uh, son of Secretariat. He did sire 21 stakes winners, including uh, the Grade 1 winner, Montreal Red, and uh, Grade 2 winner, Lady Decord. You may recall Decord's dam because she made national headlines. Uh, her name was Fan Falouche. She was the Canadian Horse of the Year who was abducted at Claiborne Farm in 1977 while carrying Decord's uh, year-old, her full sister. Uh, she was later found and returned to Claiborne, um, and th- that foal's name was San A. Soft, which is French for safe and sound. Of course, uh, he did have a full brother who was the Canadian champion, uh, Madel Diero, and uh, a half-brother to twice Canadian Horse of the Year, L'Angelet. So a lot of great bloodlines, but he was just a fantastic, a, a beautiful horse. Uh, and so uh, Decord is gone, as well as champion Fleet Indian. Uh, she was the Eclipse Award winner. Um, she uh, had to be put down because of colic, a, a 10-year-old Indian Charlie Mare. Uh, she was not in full at the time of her death. Uh, Fleet Indian, she was the 2006 champion, older female, trained by Todd Pletcher, uh, ridden by Jose Santos. She won all six of her races, all stakes, uh, before being uh, injured in the uh, Breeders' Cup distaff. And uh, she went out with $1.7 million. Uh, now for news of the return of a champion. Let's get some good news out here. Uh, undefeated champion Awesome Feather. You may recall her two-year-old season. Uh, she was unbelievable and uh, named the Eclipse Award winner last year. Well, she ended up uh, going through the sales ring, and she was purchased by Frank Stronach for $2.3 million. Well, they found out that uh, she had a little hitch in her get-along and did not make her return start until the Slough uh, in the middle of the week for a new trainer, Chad Brown. Uh, she was a very impressive uh, winner. Uh, was her first start back in a long time, uh, so they're not really sure. Chad Brown just uh, thanks Mr. Stronach for giving him the time uh, to bring her back to her winning form. Here's another a feel-good story. Uh, I've mentioned this, this horse before. Uh, Eagle Time, who we gave his retirement party at River Downs with a carrot cake. Well, the racing secretaries all wanted to say they had a 14-year-old winner, and they enticed him to come up to Thistledown. Uh, Eagle Time did close out his career with a win. So I kind of like that. Sure, it wasn't his last race here at River Downs, but uh, trainer Rick Jordan, who got him for $4,000, uh, and ended up winning over a quarter million with him. Uh, so he, he goes out in the high point and... He's a full horse, and he's going to be put to stud. As, as we talked about uh, last week, we were all uh, anticipating a rapid redo going for his 18th straight win at Mountaineer. Uh, sad to say, the weather came up really choppy, and they decided not to, uh, not to run him. Of course, uh, across the pond, 
Uh, it was the Arc de Triomphe, a slew of great races. I won't go through them all, but uh, the upset winner 27-1 was Dan the Dream, uh, who uh, was in the clear and sailed past the leaders and just drew off impressively by five lengths of German bread. And uh, she uh, kind of surprised everybody at 27-1 in the Arc de Triomphe. Uh, Goldakova, let's hope we see her at the Breeders' Cup again this year. I believe all plans are. But she was nipped in the final stride uh, by Dream Ahead. Uh, uh, so the six-year-old mare, she was seeking her second consecutive win in this race with hopes of using it as a springboard to the Breeders' Cup mile. Uh, they hit the wire together, but uh, she just didn't get it. But we still know she's in fine fine shape. Uh, that's a grade one race. Of course, uh, Dream Ahead Kentucky Bread, who was purchased for $11,000, so I guess they got their money back pretty good. Uh, one question is, do we have another Uncle Mo on the horizon? Uh, Union Rags uh, returns as the champagne favorite. Uh, he was a runaway winner of the, the Three Chimney Saratoga Special. I don't know if you remember that or not, but it was pretty sloppy that day. Uh, but he did break his maiden uh, at Delaware Park on a fast track. So uh, Union Rags definitely looks like the one to beat in the Champagne. Uh, he's owned by Chad Ford Stable and trained by Michael Matz. You might remember a nice horse he had by the name of Barbaro. We had so much good racing last uh, week. It was it was hard. We had to pass on uh, the races from the Maryland Million, uh, which, of course, is a state-bred program. But I'll tell you what, if you're breeding in Maryland, you may want to breed to not for love. Uh, he was, without a doubt, the most dominant stallion in the state. Uh, he had a dominating day that day. He had four wins on the Maryland Million card and uh, some other Northview stallions, uh, the uh, – uh, retired uh, Two Punch, Lionhearted, and Great Notion, all off the good starts there in Maryland. Well, I guess uh, in New York, the stage is set. Uh, after the races we saw, uh, Uncle Mo and Arve de Grasse are going to have a showdown in the Classic, but there were quite a few other horses that came out of races in New York that uh, we're going to see at Churchill Downs the first week of November. Um, the uh, the Joe Hirsch uh, Turf Classic was just a sensational race. Uh, it was won by Cape Blanco, uh, his third in a row on this side of the pond. He won the Grade 1 Manowar, the Grade 1 Arlington Million, and now the Grade 1 Joe Hirsch. The bad news is he got a slab fracture in that race and won't be returned to racing. He, he got up by uh, a nose in this race. Uh, a very impressive uh, performance by Dean's Kitten. Um, but, boy, you got to look forward to this horse's career at stud. Uh, he's a magnificent-looking son of uh, Galileo. Uh, he could replace uh, Galileo's uh, uh, own sire, Sadler's Wells, who's been the leading European stud for years. So, Cape Blanco, a great career. Uh, he will be retired, but, uh, boy, it's going to be interesting to see where he stands and what his stud fee uh, ends, up, ends up being. Um, Sometimes elements uh, force you to go to plan B in a race, and that's what I did in the Vosburgh Invitational. And uh, big drama scratched out. I was able to find a 12-to-1 shot giant Ryan, a speedball who loved the mud. The reason I went to the source, two for two, uh, in the mud, like Belmont. Uh, got up at 12-to-1 and started out a successful uh, pick four for this little guy. Um, Trap shot uh, came out of that race in good order, and it looks like Karen McLaughlin says he's still on the Breeders' Cup trail for either the dirt mile or the sprint uh moving along to the uncle mo show uh was uh tried to get tom durkin's call as this horse uh, hit the wire three-year-old taking on his elders he's back and look at the time in the mud 133 and four 
Hello, Breeders' Cup. Uncle Mo, last year's champion, is back on track. Of course, uh, the horse that he'll probably be facing the class is Harve de Grasse, uh, just dominated in, in the Belle Dame. Uh, Life at 10 was in that race, uh, showed a lot of good early speed, but that just backed up, and yeah, it, it's been announced that uh, Life at 10 is done racing and will probably be going in the uh, November uh, mixed breeding sale down at Keeneland. Uh, moving along now, we went to uh, the Jockey Club Gold Cup. Uh, Stay Thirsty tried to take on his elders. Uh, couldn't quite do it, though he put in a very game effort and held third uh, against uh, Drasselmeyer, who was a fast-closing second, and flat out... Uh, who is another one of those great feel-good stories. Charles Dickey, at 70 years old, wins his first grade one stakes, and he says, hey, bring them on. I'm I'm going to go to the Breeders' Cup Classic. I know one thing, uh, despite some of those other horses that you mentioned, Harb de Grasse and Stay Thirsty, I know I can go a mile and a quarter, and he did successfully in the Jockey Club Gold Cup. Uh, then we went down to Parks at the Cotillion. We said it was a two-horse race and turned out to be one between Plum Pretty and It's Tricky. Um, and it was Plum Pretty getting the job done. What a ride. Rafael Bayerano gave up a lot of mounts uh, over at uh, the West Coast. And we were kind of scratching our head, wondering, what's he doing here? Well, $750,000 will get you on a nice horse. It looks like Baffert said, look, you know, you come on over here. You can get the mount on Plum Pretty. Uh, just beautiful uh, place, perfectly on the lead, and put in a new stakes record. Uh, it's tricky. Ran second. Uh, Karen McLaughlin says, still, this filly's on track to come to the Breeders' Cup. It was only a six-horse field. If you took those two and put the rest of the field in there, well, you caught a 70-to-1 shot on the bottom for a 97-80 try. Uh, the Indiana Derby, uh, uh, Shackelford was a slight favorite, but couldn't get it done. Blocked for a good portion of the race was Steve Asmussen's Wilburn. Found room and slipped through on the turn to take the half-a-million-dollar Indiana Derby. Shackelford did hold on for second. Caleb's posse rallied fast for third. Then, of course, we went out to the West Coast in the North Hook. Uh, we did say you had to go back and, and look at the Del Mar Futurity. Creative Cause had a lot of problems in that race. He turned the tables on Bob Baffert's drill in the Norfolk Stakes. Uh, then we moved on to the Lady Secret, a race that left us nothing with nothing but question marks. Uh, blind Luck, typically, she was in last, you know, turning for home. Sad to say, never kicked it on. So uh, Blind Luck probably done for the season. Hopefully, though, uh, they're going to bring her back as a five-year-old next year. We all hope so. Zazu can't take anything away from the winner. Another three-year-old taking on elders. Those tappets are hard to beat. She's now a multiple grade one winner. Remember the name Zazu, a good-looking gray. Uh, then uh, in, in the uh, the Goodwood, Game on Dude was about as game as you can get. Another one that we're going to see in the classic. Uh, Chantel Sutherland pretty much kept the horse near or on the lead the whole way. Remains undefeated at Santa Anita. Game on Dude definitely had his game on. And then uh, in the Yellow Ribbon, uh, Rich Nielsen gave us Dubois Heights and did not disappoint. Uh, pressed the pace and held on by three-quarters of a length. And uh, Rich was rounding out a, a daily double at Santa Anita. Well, that pretty much uh, put 10 pounds in a five-pound bag as far as race results were concerned. Uh, we're going to take a breather right here, and then we're going to come back, and we're going to talk to Julie Baylog about the 75th anniversary of Keeneland. 
your internet flagship station for sports. Voice America Sports. And they're off. What? Can't make it to the track? You can still get all the action with winningponies.com, the home of the easy win form, the most accurate predictions on thoroughbreds, quarters, and Arabian horses at most American and Canadian tracks. Whether it be the Triple Crown, Breeders' Cup, Travers, Haskell, or your daily races, don't worry, let winningponies.com make some money for you. Play ball! If you're looking to talk baseball, even in the offseason, look no further than the King's Corner Talking Baseball with former World Series champion Jim Lairitz. Jim's known for a rather controversial stance during his show. He's brutally honest and ready to talk with current and former players, owners, and other key figures to bring you baseball from an insider's view. You won't want to miss a single episode. The King's Corner Talking Baseball with Jim Lairitz is heard every Friday at noon Eastern, 9 a.m. Pacific, on the Voice America Sports Channel. Do you feel the need for speed? Whatever your addiction, NASCAR, IndyCar, NHRA, Formula One, or even lawnmower racing, Pit Pass USA has got you covered. Larry Henry here, host of Pit Pass USA. I put my 30-plus years of being a motorsports broadcaster to work to bring you not only the best guests, but also the most interesting guests in racing. Pit Pass USA with Larry Henry. Your front row seat to the world of racing. Wednesdays at 7 p.m. Eastern on the Voice America Sports Channel. Be there or get a DNF. Your internet flagship station for sports, Voice America Sports. You're tuned in to Winning Ponies with your host, John Engelhart. Got a tip for us? Need a tip from us? If you want to talk with John or his guests, the phone lines are now open toll-free at 1-888-346-9144. That's 1-888-346-9144. Or you can send an email to show at winningponies.com. Now, back to Winning Ponies with John Engelhart. All right, welcome back. This is going to be a fun time. Again, this weekend I'm getting a chance to go to uh, to one of my special places. Uh, I've always said that if racing was a religion, Keeneland would be the Vatican. And uh, it's just such a marvelous place to, to be. And, and uh, coming up here is, is going to be the Director of Communications, uh, Julie Baylog. Uh, she's... Uh, She's been with the world's largest thoroughbred auction company and world-class race course uh, since 1999. Uh, since then, Julie's led the media relations efforts. In addition, she's directed Keeneland's uh, extensive digital and social media outreach, uh, widely regarded as uh, one of the thoroughbred industry's most uh, successful strategies. Uh, it, it's always a joy to, to go up into the Keeneland press box. The first people you see on your left are kind of like Team Keeneland, and it's, uh, it's Julie Baylog, uh, Amy Gregory, and Amy Owens, and between the three of them, they gather and put out uh, more information than just about any news outlet I know in the country. Julie, thanks a lot for being on with us this evening. Well, thanks, John, and thanks for that introduction. And I really, more than anything, thank you for giving uh, the, some credit there to Amy Gregory and Amy Owens. They are the unsung heroines of that press box. They are terrific, and it's guys like you who really make uh, make this job so much fun. So we really appreciate that. Well, you know, uh, I was a good friend of, of Jim Williams, and all I can tell you is 
he he was a heck of a coach because well, when he, he passed the baton, it was a, it was a big deal, wasn't it? Yeah. yeah. Well, he 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 set the stage. You know, he knew what he was doing. You know, that's right. Uh, yeah, yeah, he was the head of it, but but uh, he had he had a great team out there working for him. I think it's kind of interesting, Julie, that uh, you know so many of us uh, have come up either around horses or you know so many people now went to the University of Arizona or, or right. the, the different schools that you really. Uh, you didn't have any background in racing. You were basically uh, a, a good PR person. I, I think Jim was looking for somebody that could do marketing, communications, and manager. Uh, you, your closest connection to racing was the fact that you had a dog named Derby. That's and, right. Uh, uh, so, so Jim just <laughs> kind of brought I, I, I got a I got a call and I, I went over there and I I, uh, I wasn't quite sure what was going to happen and uh, I ended up having this terrific conversation with Jim Williams and. Um, I was very honest. I said, you know, I don't know much about horse racing, but I'd like to think I I know a little bit about PR and marketing. And when I went back to my my boss at my office um, at Preston Osborne, I told him, Phil, I said, Phil, the only job better than the one I have is the one I've just been offered. And he said, you're right. Jobs at Keeneland don't come along very often, so you got to do it. So I I took the job, and uh, since, since 1999, it's just been an amazing ride. I'm really, I pinch myself. I'm really lucky. It's a great place. I mean, really, you think about it. I mean, from first of all, looking out your window to the horses that, that are stabled back there, either during a live race meet or during even, I find the sales uh, scintillating, uh, oh, to, yeah. to looking at your press box. I mean, I walk through there and you could easily stumble upon three or four Eclipse Award winners, uh, the top journalists, uh, you know, uh, uh, bloggers. I mean, some of the best in the country are, are just feeding away from you up in the press box. It, 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 you know, it makes us want to raise our game because we know that people are paying attention to us, and that's why our team puts in so much effort, and uh, we, we really do. We take it seriously. We know people are relying on those notes. They're relying on that information. They're relying on our press releases. We want to do it right, and so um, one of the phrases that I've coined is it takes a lot of effort to make it all look effortless, and that's <laughs> one of the things that we try to do up there. That's classic. I'm going to steal that. Feel um, free. Put it on a pillow, buddy. <laughs> well, you've kind of had, you've kind of had a, a, a special uh, uh, year uh, coming up, and, and, and this makes things neat, and that's, that's anniversaries. But this is yes. like a good one. You know, the 70th might be nice, you know, but this, there's something about the 75th anniversary of a track. Uh, uh, just explain to, to our, sure. our, our listeners what's that, what that means and, and what kind of efforts you're putting in to uh, acknowledge that. You know, actually, the efforts started a couple of years ago. We started thinking about, well, we don't want this to sneak up on us and look around and say, oh, boy, what are we going to do for our 75th? So we we did. We started planning a couple of years ago, and that included uh, churning out three books, one of which is our history book of our first 75 years. And now that we're finally to the 75th uh, meet, I'm so excited. I really am. It, it's it, there has been so much effort put into the planning. It's it's great that we're we're to the point where we can actually celebrate it. And what's been interesting about the 75th for me is that usually when you reflect on 75 years, a lot of what you look at is okay, what's changed? And yeah, there's been a lot that's changed in Keeneland's um, 75 years. But one of the things that really has jumped out to me is how much has stayed the same. You know, when we were founded back in 1936, it was in the midst of the Great Depression. And that's a pretty ambitious project to take on. <laughs> yeah. And these horsemen said, you know what, not only are we going to build a racetrack, we're going to build a model racetrack. And the three basic tenets that they set forth, we still adhere to today. And the first one being 
they wanted to conduct racing at the highest level possible. And the word possible is really interesting to me there because what that says is you do it as the best you can at that time. Sometimes you're better than others. We're, we're coming out hopefully from a recession, but, you know, it's not as easy sometimes to, to offer the purses you want. But then when, when the times are good, that's when you really try to offer even more money for purses. Um, the second tenant being we want to have a facility that's beautiful, pristine, and open to the public year-round. That came from the fact that the old Kentucky Association track was not well taken care of. It was, it was kind of an eyesore when it closed. So when they opened Keeneland, they said, okay, we're going to make sure this place is beautiful, and we're going to make sure that the public enjoys it year-round. And you can come out to Keeneland on Christmas Day. No fences. You can come out. There's no gates. You can come in, watch the works, and enjoy a day. It doesn't matter if it's the middle of summer or the middle of December. We're open. And then the third tenet of that founding philosophy was you take the proceeds, the profits, and you put them back into the industry and you put them back into the community. And over the course of 75 years, we've given back more than $18 million to the community and to the industry. Wow. So when we look back at those 75 years, sure, a lot has changed. We've put in a polytrack. We're using Trackus. We, we embrace technology. But at, at the very core, we're still sticking to the same three principles that were so important when we were founded. Well, you know, you've been there since 99. I've been going there since there was no track announcer. So <laughs> I, I, I've seen so many of the changes. And the, the one thing is, quite frankly, you know, Keeneland was one of those places that all you had to do was say, we're open, and you got thousands of dollars, thousands of people mm-hmm. showing up, spending thousands of dollars every day. But it, it, what I like is that the powers to be did not stay complacent and they looked around and they said you know we need we need to stay up on things and so you're doing things that uh, i never thought keeneland would some of your college day giveaways oh yeah uh, you, you, all of your signings and things like that um sure. and i always enjoyed uh breakfast with the works um why don't you just kind of tell us uh you know like what some of the things you'll be doing let's say on opening weekend Sure. Well, opening weekend, the, the, the cornerstone of opening weekend is Fall Stars Weekend with the, all of those Breeders' Cup races. We're really we're living up to that first founding principle of racing at the highest level. Um, I, I can't think of three better days of racing in the country going on. It's going to be terrific. Um, so that, that's really a lot of the emphasis. But we're going to have a, a jockey signing on October the 9th, which is Sunday. People, We're going to have jockey sign our anniversary poster, and then the proceeds are going to go to the uh, Permanently Disabled Jockeys Fund. Great. Um, and, and, you know, that's one of the things that we like to do. When we do promotions, we like to do things that fit with our mission, and that's why giving back to the industry and the community is so important to us. And then looking ahead to anniversary week, as I call it, on Wednesday, um, the 12th, we're hosting our, uh, I believe at this point we're at our fourth, maybe fifth annual Make-A-Wish Day. And I'll tell you, John, have you been there for Make-A-Wish Day? No, I haven't. It, it is one of the most amazing days. Together with Area Horse Farms, Keeneland gets together, and, and we help sponsor wishes for kids who are in the Make-A-Wish Foundation. Sensational. And in you know, what we do is we help pay for those kids to do what they want to do. For a lot of them, it's a trip to Disney World, maybe a, a vacation for their family. But in addition, we bring them to the races, and we just let them be kids for a day. And they get to present the trophy, and they absolutely have the run of the place. And it's it's so much fun for us. 
we get more out of it than anybody. And so that's one of my favorite days of the entire year. And then we are also on Friday having our scholarship day that you refer to. And in honor of Keeneland 75th, we're doubling the number of scholarships that we're giving away from 10 to 20. Well, I've got to get so my boys down there. Please do, because <laughs> <laughs> they will have a really good shot. We're giving away $21,000 scholarships, and that's good for two reasons. First, we're helping kids defray some of those expenses related to college. But the other thing it does, and we're so fortunate to be in Lexington and surrounded by towns like Cincinnati and Louisville, and, and we, we draw a young demographic, and these are people that hopefully we're turning into lifelong fans down the road. We want to expose them to racing at the highest level, and and so hopefully, you know, you never know. One of these kids might be the next Mike Rapoli. He might invent vitamin water and then go out and buy Uncle Mo. I mean, that, that's what we, we try to do is turn everybody into a lifelong fan if we can. Well, I can tell you, I do have uh, one college-age son that, that uh, is, uh, brings his friends down and, and enjoys it very much down there and, oh. uh, and likes taking it in, so you're doing a great job. Now, I've I got to go back to one thing when you're, with your opening weekend special event. Sure. I noticed there's going to be a handicapping seminar with my close personal friend, Ed Meyer. Are, are hecklers allowed in the crowd? <laughs> Only you. <laughs> Ed's a great guy, and I'll tell you what, he does this kind of aw shuck sort of approach to things. He's a darn good handicapper, and uh, you're right. Anybody who's who's anywhere within driving distance and earshot needs to be at the track to hear his selections, and he's going to do it along with Donna Brothers. She has a book coming out, so she's going to do a book signing on Saturday. But she, uh, It's going to be the Ed and Donna show on, on Saturday, so won't that be an interesting dichotomy but i'm looking for yeah the long and the short of it that's right <laughs> but uh no i I, th- I think that's great and uh, anybody that's listening here knows what a good handicapper ed is because he was the former uh, host of sure uh, com. well real briefly I, i've only got a minute or, or so left but you know you talk about uh, you know keeneland constantly uh kind of moving forward uh there's going to be a really kind of neat uh, information booth uh, th- that that you're putting out there, and uh, you, you, what what's up with the smartphone, the tablet wagering? Sure. If, if you can tell me about it quickly, obviously sure. I'm going to go there myself and check it out. Well, we're, we're setting up something called Wagering Central because we have so many people who have questions about handicapping. Under the grandstand, you can go there. We're going to have Ed along with other experts who can answer questions for novices. They can also introduce to you fast bets. So if you're at Keeneland during the races, you can put some money on an account and you can wager from your smartphone. So that means you don't have to get up and go to a mutual line if you don't want to. Wow. You can just wager right from your phone or your iPad if you bring that along with you. And, you know, Ed's heading up Keeneland Select, our ADW, so he's got um, lots of information about that. And we still have tickets also. I'm going to plug one more thing. The the Boston Pops concert, the tribute concert to our 75th, takes place on Saturday night, October 15th. So there's still a few tickets available if anybody's interested in that. They can call Ticketmaster. Well, it's not every day they make it into town. Well, I can tell you is I'm going to be making it into town tomorrow, Julie. I look forward to uh, to seeing you and Team Keeneland, Amy Gregory and Amy Owens. I, I always wish you guys the best. Thanks so much for painting a beautiful Thanks, picture of one of my favorite racetracks in the world, Keeneland. And I think you're going to have a great 75th anniversary. Thank you very much. All right. Well, coming up next on Winning Ponies, we're going to have handicapper extraordinaire Dan Kenny, who's going to tell us a little bit about his very diverse background in the racing game and we're going to break down at least four of those great races that are coming up at keeneland thanks for listening 
to winningponies.com. Don't go away. Your internet flagship station for sports, Voice America Sports. What does building a family mean to you? Nobody has experienced the pain and joy of family life in a way that Freddie Scott has. And his experiences in life, in sports, and business can help you create a successful family future. We'll cover many aspects of family building and management with a focus on fatherhood. Men and women want their families to succeed during these tough times. Our show will give you hope for the future and practical tools for a successful family. Tune in to The Freddie Scott Show, tackling the game of life, Mondays at Noon Eastern, 9 a.m. Pacific, on Voice America Sports. And they're off! What? Can't make it to the track? You can still get all the action with winningponies.com, the home of the easy win form. The most accurate predictions on thoroughbreds, quarters, and Arabian horses at most American and Canadian tracks. Whether it be the Triple Crown, Breeders' Cup, Travers, Haskell, or your daily races, don't worry. Let winningponies.com make some money for you. to the pros, we, we cover everything. Let your voice be heard. Voice America Sports. You're tuned in to Winning Ponies with your host, John Engelhart. Got a tip for us? Need a tip from us? If you want to talk with John or his guests, the phone lines are now open toll-free at 1-888-346-9144. That's 1-888-346-9144. Or you can send an email to show at winningponies.com. Now, back to Winning Ponies with John Engelhart. All right, welcome back, and I'm glad you're listening today. Don't forget... Uh, you can go to winningponies.com and pull down some of their great handicapping sheets. Uh, they're really easy to read, and they pull out a lot of the key information that you're going to need for the races that we're, we're going to talk about today. Obviously, uh, the whole world is not Keeneland, but uh, for this show, we're going to center on it. And in doing so, we're going to center on a, a gentleman that <clears throat> I'm not sure I've ever been in the press box and not seen him. Uh, his, his name is Dan Kenny, and he's done just, just about everything in racing. He, he's been an editor for the Racing Form. He's, he's written in all kinds of uh, equine publications. Uh, he established his own uh, bloodstock agency and was a founding partner in Four Star Sales. Um, and uh, he, he just doesn't have his name on these places. He's uh, purchased a broodmare of the year at Keeneland. Uh, he helped buy that champion, uh, Speedstown. He bought uh, Sonny Blossom, who is the uh, graded stakes winner and holds a track record uh, uh, 107 and 1 for six furlongs. Not many in the world have ever done that. Uh, he's been a consultant to such outstanding owners as uh, uh, John Franks. Uh, actually, uh, Dan's had his hand on over 100 stakes winners. So you'll see him at the sales, you'll see him at the races, and sometimes you'll see him on television. As a matter of fact, if you tuned into the Best of Ohio about 18 years ago, you saw Dan and I standing together up at Thistledown Racecourse. Dan Kenny, how you doing? 
Don, that's a great memory. Uh, that was the one and only time, believe it or not, that I've been to uh, River Downs. And uh, we had a great crew that day, uh, headed by our good friend, the late uh, Kevin Gomer. Yes. And uh, I remember it was great fondness. Well, it was nice to work with a pro. You just you brought us up, Dan. That's all I can say. Well, Tom Leach went from there to better things. I think he's uh, he got the uh, award for uh, most valuable and versatile uh, broadcaster. Well, Dan, just uh, give, give me some background. With, with with all that you've done in racing, I've got to guess you got the bug early in life. Uh, as a teenager, I had four older brothers, and we'd hang around the caddy yard waiting to caddy, and all the older guys were either playing poker or shooting dice or playing the races. So naturally, I did all three, watching uh, the action and... Uh, the turning point was I went to college down in New Orleans at Loyola University, and I was in the athletic department down there, uh, had a golf scholarship, so I had a, a pretty nice life at that time, and I noticed all the athletes were going to the fairgrounds, and uh, I tagged along, and some of that background of uh, playing cards, understanding value, uh, understanding human nature, what it takes to win, what it takes to overcome uh, adversity, and uh, that carried over. And as luck would have it, upon graduation, my journalism professor said they need a guy down at the New Orleans State Sidem, and they want him to cover the races and cover the Saints and cover the ABA. And I said, man, you get paid for that? A <laughs> hundred a week, and it's yours. And I never hesitated and uh, quickly decided that, uh, A, the racing form paid twice what the local paper paid, and, B, I absolutely fell in love with racing. You said it uh, 40-some-odd years later, uh, the appreciation is still just as strong. Yeah, you know, there's certain racetracks in the country that, that have so much of a, a quaintness uh, to them, and uh, I know that you were down at the fairgrounds uh, there. I, I was there 23 years ago as the publicity director, and uh, it, that place ha- had such a uniqueness to it. I don't see how you couldn't fall in love with racing. Well, what I remember the most is uh, you succeeded the Black Cat, Alan Lacombe. The, uh, yeah, that, that's kind of hard. Bring a Yankee in to succeed the Black Cat. Thank you. <laughs> then the other thing I noticed that the Black Cat fed half the grandstand. All the guys that were down on their luck, he'd sneak them into the uh, press box. And then once the uh, feature race was run, then the uh, key to the liquor cabinet somehow popped up and, and there was all sorts of storytelling and laughter and woe is me stories and I was just soaking it all up. I'd grown up in a big Irish family in Pennsylvania and my parents were not thrilled at my choice of uh, of a career but they softened up when I bought them a claiming horse to uh, add a little spice to their retirement down in uh, Pompano Beach. And after they won six or seven races, they got to thinking that wasn't such a bad idea. Yeah, maybe Dan didn't make such a bad career choice after all. <clears throat> well, again, with the resume that I uh, read at the top of the spot, you know, you, you have done uh, uh, extremely successful uh, for yourself. Now, um, I do see you, like I said, almost every time I walk into the, the, the press box at, at Keeneland, it's, uh, it's a tough place to cap because – Everybody's coming in from everywhere, and between the turf course and the poly track, yeah, you've got you got horses often switching surfaces. Um, 
how, how do you perceive the, the challenge of capping a Keeneland? Oh, it is brutal. No other word for it. Um, and not just at the Keeneland, but the poly tracks uh, are so unpredictable that that's why you see a, just a bunch of uh, pick six carryovers all around the country, particularly at Del Mar. So what I do is my survival strategy. If a friend asks me uh, if I like a horse and why, I'm pretty much sticking with the turf. Um, turf races are generally one in uh, come from behind fashion. They don't have to come that way. In fact, with the dry weather, I think the turf will be uh, favorable to speed horses if we get no rain between now and the weekend. But um, you know, you you can have a horse who runs a bang up race on the turf, but because he had a rough trip, maybe finishes a cl- good fourth, maybe a fifth. And you can come back and get that same horse against the same field, and you might get eight or ten to one. So if you're patient, those opportunities will arise. Um, but I'm finding that the uh, turf now, uh, not that there's any negligence in how the track's maintained or anything, far from it. Uh, Keeneland had a well-deserved reputation for years of a track that was just had the uh, uh, people mover down. Uh, any horse that got the front and got next to the rail, had a far higher percentage of uh, win than you would in a more uh, uh, ordinary surface. So do your homework, but uh, the best thing I could say is just uh, try to absorb uh, any patterns that you might see. There, there's temperature that affects the poly track. There's uh, elements that make the uh, process even tougher. So I've, I've done a little better with my turf strategy than I would with anything else. All right. Well, listen, tomorrow is, is, is opening day, and uh, let, let's try to uh, uh, handicap uh, two races, uh, neither of them on the turf. Sorry about your turf expertise. <laughs> uh, but what, what, one is the, the Phoenix, which I believe used to be run down Main Street in uh, Lexington uh, between uh, uh, Church Steeple and the Phoenix Hotel, and the, the, the second will be the uh, Darley Alcibiades uh, for uh, two-year-old fillies. Um, in looking at the uh, what is now called the Stoll Keenan Ogden Phoenix, um, I'm seeing two horses uh, come to the top, and you'll probably correct me, but uh, certainly Wesley Ward, who has been on the scene the last couple of years at, at Keeneland and seems to have tremendous success, particularly with his two-year-olds, uh, it brings in Flashpoint, and uh, Aikenite, a horse that has a fondness for Keeneland. Uh, where, where are you going with the Phoenix? Well, uh, Aikenite is a very deserving morning line favorite, and in fact, I think will probably be lower odds than the 5-2 to two, uh, overnight. Uh, figures to get a, a trip, uh, a fairly deep closer type of trip. And the only thing here that gives me pause besides the small price is, uh, you know, the horse made up uh, 11 lengths in the go at Saratoga last time out, but uh, that was going 7 eight. He's going to have to hurry. Um, I'm leaning a little bit for value to a horse called Cool Bullet. Uh, four starts ago, they put blinkers on, and since then it's run a, a race with Aikenite, uh, where he finished second to the obvious uh, favorite in this race. So uh, the horse has been freshened and pointed, obviously, for this uh, event. Uh, there's... Uh, no reason to think it'll be anything less than 10 to 1. You've got Julian Leperu, who's riding well in the saddle. 
And uh, Flashpoint is a horse with tremendous talent, no doubt about it. Ran 108-3 at the Jersey Shore, but he's coming off uh, the King's Bishop as well. Was drawn inside that day and uh, went head and head and then backed away. And I'm thinking that that same scenario could happen with uh, Cool Bullet getting a lead, Aconite needing another furlong, and, uh, I mean, if Flashpoint runs his grade one race, uh, adios. But uh, the name of the game is getting value, and I'd say if you could get 10 to 1 on Cool Bullet, uh, that's the way to go. Uh, if you want to just make enough for an ice cream cone, go for uh, uh, Aconite. <laughs> well, again, yeah, I can see where those three come from. And uh, Cool Bullet, uh, trained by Steve Margolis, a guy I really respect a lot. And like I said, uh, he was sharp enough to put those blinkers on, and we've seen improvement on the horse. Well, he- here's a race that uh, it looks like everybody wants to win and uh, get a ride to the Breeders' Cup, uh, the Darley Alcibiades. Uh, in this day and age, how often is it you see horses on an also-eligible list? John, uh, that just shows that uh, there may be a bit of a revival underway now. The horse game has taken it on the chin for the last three years or so. And when you look at this field and you see the quality of the stock, uh, what people were willing to pay for them on up to uh, almost 800000 in one case, and uh, it uh, has all the feel of a European race where there's uh, lots of pace out front and there'll be... Uh, Horses coming uh, off of uh, turf races, which we didn't used to see, obviously, when two-year-olds uh, didn't have the option of the poly. I think it's a great place to find a price. I mean, uh, the majority of these horses haven't gone a mile in the 16th. Uh, a lot of them have never run on poly track. Uh, who's coming to the top for Dan Kenny? Well, I think you're going to see a 5-to-1 favorite, maybe even 6-to-1. Uh, I tried generally to get value uh might be uh, stretching a point here, but I'm going to go with the number nine, and why not? That's a street cry, street cry Philly, trained by Michael Matz of Barbaro fame. Uh, I'm uh, attracted to two things. One was a very sharp race at Saratoga in its debut on an off track. Uh, next ran in the spinaway at Saratoga, grade one, was down on the rail, uh, got off a little bit slow, and that made it awfully tough to uh, getting out of traffic and running a race. Yeah, and the winner of that uh, race came back in one sense. Right. And uh, uh, Michael Matt strains a lot at uh, Fair Hill and had a uh, bullet in 48 and 1, and that is pretty significant. You don't see Fair Hill uh, morning workouts any better than that. Uh, but uh, believe me, there could be six or seven horses who all have similar form. Uh, it's almost a case where get down to the paddock and see which one's going to be talking to you. Which is a place uh, I see you often uh, looking at these horses, you know. I- I'll tell you what, the one I'm kind of looking at here is and a guy that kind of keys in on th- uh, the Keeneland meet is uh, George Rusty Arnold. He's got a horse in here, New Wave. Uh, this horse is by Tal the Cat. And if you go back and look at uh, the, the polytrack sires at Keeneland, Tal the Cat is the second best polytrack sire at Keeneland. This horse is coming off a turf effort at Saratoga, uh, so going a mile and a 16th, probably got tired, still came back with a 70 buyer that's very respectable. Uh, again, you said it might be a 5 or 6 to 1 horse. I, I think New Wave is dangerous, and I think at 8 to 1, Flashy Lassie 
who coming out of the, I know it's the Mountaineer Juvenile, but was favored in there. Didn't get out of the gate well, closed very strongly, and since then, the horse that won the Mountaineer Juvenile Phillies has come back and won another. So this is a good race for a price. Well, it's a, uh, here's a, if you want to take a stab, the 11 horses, 20 to 1 in the yeah. morning line. That's I've got a mark, absolutely. Uh, Blue out of destiny. 58 and 1. Now, there again, uh, is that aided by the fact that uh, that day the poly was playing fast? I don't know, but I think it's significant. Uh, because the price will be humongous. Yeah, and, and the, the horse, you know, you, they always say don't bet on a horse to do something it's never done. This horse has won at a mile and a sixteenth while it was on the turf still. It's a two-year-old filly who, who's, who's won at the distance. Well, we're going to take a little bit of break here, and when we come back, we're going to find a race that's just loaded with talent. The First Lady, again, you're listening to winningponies.com. Internet flagship station for sports. Voice America Sports. And they're off. What? Can't make it to the track? You can still get all the action with winningponies.com, the home of the easy win form. The most accurate predictions on thoroughbreds, quarters, and Arabian horses at most American and Canadian tracks. Whether it be the Triple Crown, Breeders' Cup, Travers, Haskell, or your daily races, don't worry. Let winningponies.com make some money for you. Sports continues to grow and evolve to ever-increasing prominence in today's society. On All Around Sports, host John Inglesby will connect with the leading newsmakers from the sports world, including players, owners, and fellow sports journalists, discussing the top news and events that are relevant to sports today. John will also report from and offer his experience of the world's top sports events. Tune in to All Around Sports with John Inglesby, Fridays at 1 p.m. Eastern Time, 10 a.m. Pacific, on the Voice America Sports Channel. Your internet flagship station for sports, Voice America Sports. You're tuned in to Winning Ponies with your host, John Engelhart. Got a tip for us? Need a tip from us? If you want to talk with John or his guests, the phone lines are now open toll-free at 1-888-346-9144. That's 1-888-346-9144. Or you can send an email to show at winningponies.com. Now, back to Winning Ponies with John Engelhart. And Dan Kenny, handicapper extraordinaire, and I'm... A man who's very familiar with the the, uh, the the Keeneland race card. I'm finally going to give him a race that he can get his teeth into. As he spoke earlier, sometimes at Keeneland, it's it's a little bit better to be able to get a turf race. There's some consistency to the horses. Uh, the first lady's carrying a purse of $350,000. It's a grade one. Uh, we've got uh, European shippers. Uh, we've got multiple graded stakes winners. I'm dying to read your take on this one. Well, uh, first thing to do is fess up that I'm stumped. Uh, this race, <laughs> uh, I should probably turn this back to you, but uh, there are some thoughts that I'd have. Uh, some talented horses like Majestic City are going to get a lot of play. Uh, Majestic City is by City Zip, who is the sprinter himself and has actually outdone himself. Uh, he can get you a miler, and occasionally on turf, uh, one will go even farther. So, uh, Garrett Gomez is aboard for Peter Miller. Uh, seven to two is not quite enough, uh, price for me. 
How about this? How about Motor City, 15 to 1 with Calvin Burrell? And take a look at the form. Oh, I'm runs. sorry. I'm sorry. You're doing the Breeders for Charity. I jumped ahead of you. I'm sorry. I thought we were doing uh, the first. I'm looking down to see the horse you want. I'm like, what? What are we talking about? Okay, go ahead. I'm sorry. Go ahead, Dan. Well, in his first two starts, uh, Cecil Burrell's got him head and head for the lead, runs second, comes back with a win. And then uh, you don't see this with Calvin Burrell very much, but in the trouble line it says force six wide in the 13-horse <laughs> field. I guess they finally said, no, guy. Calvin, we are not letting you through on the rail. Uh, that's probably the first time that's ever happened. And at 15 to 1, uh, and by Street Sense, out of a uh, Danzig Connection mare, he won the Belmont, so distance is no problem. Um, I, th- I think this is, without a doubt, the best uh, and deepest futurity that I can recall seeing out at Keeneland. Uh, I echo your sentiments about take uh, charge Indy. That type of pedigree and coming off a six-length win and then a good second in the grade three at Arlington Park, you ha- it's just a question for me, what are you going to do from the 11-hole? That's going to require James Graham to really uh, be heads up getting into that turn in a place where he can uh, get covered up and make it move around the turn. As far as uh, the obvious uh, shared property, the seven-horse, if he's a decent price, uh, I'll go with him. And uh, my thinking there is, is don't get involved for a whole, whole lot of money. Uh, but uh, what I do in these cases is I like to make a, a trifecta, uh, putting the seven horse on top and the two, four, five, eleven underneath in the second and third slot. And sometimes that's a, a good way to play a race where you're going to pick a winner, but you might get a $500 trifecta so that would be uh in this case shared property the winner at number two space race from michael Matz. he could have a big day then there's the aforementioned motor city and majestic city and uh take charge indy so well um, i'm pretty much on the record if they all run bad just tell john to get somebody else. Well, we might have to go in on a ticket because I want to throw this Doolahan in there, coming in from the width anticipation at Saratoga, going a mile and a 16th. The horse was totally taken up. If you go back and look in this race at the 7th A's pole, you know, it, this horse had trouble all the way around. We're going to see a jock switch uh, back to DeSormo who just missed with this horse in its maiden race. So it'll be fun. Uh, maybe we can go in together uh, on a ticket. And as far as I'm concerned, we, we might have to do that in the First Lady, too, because this uh, race is just loaded. Grade 1 $350,000. They're going a mile on the turf, Dan. Who you like? What a card. Um, Team Valor's back going great guns again, so they put two in here. Uh, two grade one winners. That's uh, nice to have those types of cards to play. Uh, Daveron is the one that I would prefer, although Gypsy's warning is uh, pretty solid in herself. But the Daveron has won three in a row. Uh, she's uh, got that stout German breeding that uh, showed up again in the Arc de Triomphe. Yeah. German Philly won the race for fun. But uh, once again, uh, just kind of find a reason to uh, like the horse you like. Uh, I think the uh, Coolmore mare together with 114 uh, time form certainly has to be respected. Um, But uh, there again, one thing about turf is taking the time to find out, if you can, what the uh, exact nature of the course is. When it's hard, like it might be uh, 
tomorrow, that uh, usually works against the Europeans. They like a cut in the ground. They like to water the course. You could see that on television at the Ark where they're talking about Joe Blow has got the favorite, so we're going to water the course for him. Um, kind of an interesting uh, job to have deciding uh, who who makes that decision. Well, I'll be, I'll be uh, throwing a horse in here. I'll probably be betting with my heart. Uh, the, the, the name of the horse is Wasted Tears. This horse has had a heck of a career, but uh, her, her damn wishes and roses won the bassinet stakes at River Downs uh, for uh owner breeder Bart Evans and uh, this horse was trained by uh, Jeff Williams who was a friend that was uh, tragically uh, killed in that plane crash uh, just outside of Keeneland and uh, some people have told me that that this horse was named uh, in in memory of of Jeff and uh, she's had quite a career I mean 21 starts 12 wins she's closing in on a million dollars she'll definitely be the pace in there and I'll I'll be rooting for her to go the whole way Uh, how Bart Evans breaks his horses he herds cattle with him, with his two-year-old. So <laughs> you can pretty much blow a firecracker off underneath his, and they don't even move. But it should be interesting. Of course, you got Never Retreat, who uh, likes the Keeneland course. and Obviously, coming off a firm uh, grade two in the Canadian up at Woodbine, a one there, Le Peru's up. It's, it's going to be just a, a classic race. And, you know, what about the Stallion Galileo? You've got Together coming in, Aiden O'Brien. Uh, just another question mark and a horse you could get a price on. Uh, that's my thought, is that uh, there'd be, uh, I think the uh, Team Valor horses will be heavily played, and uh, you don't see the uh, Irish Coolmore outfit uh, travel just for the sake of travel. They're a worldwide uh, juggernaut wherever, and uh, how about the fact that they jumped in there and got the breeding rights to Uncle Mo? <laughs> that brilliant race the other day. They don't I read anything. about that. Not too bad. Well, all I can tell you is I'm looking forward to seeing you over the weekend. Uh, it's going to be just a fantastic, uh, uh, unbelievable meet. A lot of implications for the Breeders' Cup. Uh, Dan Kenny, I can't wait to, to see you this weekend. Thanks so much for being on WinningPonies.com. Absolute pleasure to be asked, and uh, let's uh, let's have some luck. I plan on it. Okay. Well, that closes out uh, an, another very fun and informative uh, show. Uh, you know, I want to thank uh, Julie Baylog and Dan Kenny for being on with us. Uh, winningponies.com gets some of the greatest guests in North America, and I uh, really appreciate them being on. So don't forget, download some of our products. Find some winners. We hope we gave you some today. So from high atop the grandstand, overlooking the turf course in the Ohio River to the hills of Kentucky, I'm John Engelhart. Bet with your head, not over it. Thanks for listening to Winning Ponies with John Engelhart. We know the information from today's show will help you at the next post. Keep listening for more next Thursday at 8 p.m. Eastern Time, 5 p.m. Pacific on the Voice America Sports Network.